Hi, this is Adam Lewis, and welcome to Dear IQ and our High IQ Topics series. This is different than our normal curriculum podcast episodes and our standalone topics that go along with our High IQ videos on YouTube. They're shorter and supplement our normal podcast in this way with direct tactics to help up your deer hunting game. In this episode, we're going to look at the question, can you be scent free? What does that even mean? Well, we're going to dig into that, and I think if you're willing to listen to this highly debated topic, I know it's super controversial, right? I think these tips in my scent-free regimen will really help you gain an edge on white-tailed deer, so if you dare, listen on. I encourage you to do so because I believe it can be a major factor in future success for anybody. Before we get into that, a couple of things real quick, especially if you're new here. First, you'll notice we have an IQ ranking system where a beginner is 1 IQ, intermediate is 5 IQ, and 10 IQ is our advanced content. This is true for our podcast as well as our blogs and videos, so you can best get content to meet you where you're at. This is a 10 IQ episode, and I'm pretty sure everyone will get something good out of it. Second, I invite you to subscribe, rate this podcast, and check out all our other great content, the videos, and the blog. We even have a free journal that goes along with our curriculum-based podcast. If you take your deer hunting seriously and really want to fast-track your growth, I invite you to check that out. And stay to the end because I have a few key takeaways and challenges for you that you'll really benefit from. You won't want to miss that. Okay, and now let's get to the scent-free regimen. Success and failure in the world of whitetail hunting often comes down to ninja-like stealth. Those that are consistently successful on the most wary game animal have learned to pay attention to little details that make all the difference. Tests show that whitetails can smell 1,000 to 10,000 times better than humans, making any scent we leave a possible hunt buster. A scentless hunter, therefore, is indeed a deadly hunter, but being scent free is not an easy task and some argue it's impossible and therefore pay no attention to it. In my opinion and from 30 plus years in the woods, this is denying science a bit and literally shooting yourself in the foot before you even walk to your stand. If you want to be a greater hunter and have greater success, especially on mature deer, you simply must pay attention, extreme attention, to your scent and being as scent free as possible. In my opinion, just playing the wind doesn't cut it and is probably why some hunters haven't had as much success as they could. It's much more complex than that and this saying has led many astray as it allows for a huge component of scent, that which you leave by touching or contact. From my experience, you can effectively beat a deer's nose and with some methodical practices have huge gains that help notch more tags. So why do so many hunters throw the pursuit of being scent free out the window? First, I believe they mistakenly define scent free as being able to completely eliminate all odors in the universe instead of defining it as the ability to eliminate enough scent odors that deer won't detect you or adversely react. This is indeed a difference and an important one. I operate by the second definition, which is all a hunter needs to do. I also think that other factors are that being scent free requires much effort. And some people have been led astray by others who don't fully understand this idea or surely due to the fact that as humans we're prone to being, well, a little bit lazy. But if you can set these things aside and want to up your game and deer IQ, you can effectively beat a deer's nose 
and here's how I've had success. The science. It's important to first understand the basic science of odors, how they work, and how deer smell you if you're thinking about defeating this defense. I say defeat because it is indeed an intense battle and good to think about it in that way. You must continually fight to keep odors at bay when it comes to hunting. First, odor molecules are mostly organic molecules given off by most everything that take to the air and then enter the nasal passages. They're also left or transferred by contact to garments, skin, and hair. I'll emphasize this again, they can be airborne and or left by contact or touch. Key to remember as we talk about how to keep them from a deer's nose. Their chemical composition triggers a response from olfactory receptors in the nose, which the brain interprets as scent and categorizes to differentiate odors. Scientists don't really know how many olfactory receptors deer have or how their brain exactly interprets different scents, but they do know it's definitely at minimum thousands of times greater than ours and much more nuanced. These molecules are everywhere, but the important thing to know is if we can minimize or eliminate them on or coming from us, the deer do not have the ability to smell us and know we are hunting them. This has huge implications and should be our goal. I'll state our goal as this, to eliminate odor molecules on or coming from us or keep deer from detecting them. There are several steps to help do this. The pre-hunt prep. When it comes to scent, I have a no-tolerance attitude. You cannot allow outside scents to contaminate your hunting clothes, gear, hair, or skin. I wash clothes after every hunt in scent-free detergent if I can, and dry them in a room closed off to outside odors. This is important. Do not dry them outside or with other clothes in a dryer that uses scented dryer sheets or other loads of clothes. You can get scent-free and dye-free regular detergents for regular clothes or undergarments, and should wash all clothes, towels, and sheets in this. Think about it. If you wash regular clothes like towels and sheets in scented detergent, then take a shower and dry off or get into bed with these sheets with odors, these odors are now transferred to your body. Even if your hunting clothes are scent-free, you aren't. Everything in your house and vehicle should be scent-free. Also included here should be washing all gear with cloth on it, including backpacks, hats, gloves, you name it. If it has cloth on it, it should be washed. Once your hunting clothes are washed and all your gear and dried in a scent-free environment, I then put them directly into garbage bags and into a sealed tote. These are not put on until I get to my hunting location. I never wear my hunting clothes in my vehicle and are always removed and returned to this storage system before I leave and get into my truck. Being OCD about this, as well as all aspects of scent, are key. If you cut corners, the deer will let you know. When I can't wash in between each hunt, or if the clothes include coats, I don't want to wash every time I use them out of practicality, I douse everything with ozone from an industrial strength ozone generator. This includes all clothes, gear, and backpacks. Just nothing rubber or with elastic in it or it will destroy this. There are a couple reasons for this. First, I found some of the deer hunting specific ozone generators to be weak and not emit enough ozone to destroy all odor molecules. The ozone needs to penetrate into the cloth fibers and a high pressure output unit is needed for this. Second, a large unit is much cheaper if found elsewhere online. I found having scent free clothes or clothes completely doused with ozone negate the need for an ozone unit 
on stand. Deer regularly get downwind of me with little to no reaction when I do this. Also, I've found the ozone units used on stand can be clunky and potentially noisy, making the risk bigger than the reward for me. One has to be very careful and ozone their clothes and gear in a ventilated space because it can damage your lungs. I simply throw the clothes and gear in a tote or big industrial garbage bag, usually in the garage, with the door open, and let it soak for 5-10 to minutes. That's it. I then put this immediately back into their respective garbage bag and tote and I'm fresh and ready to go, scent free, for the next hunt. Any gear I don't or cannot ozone like rubber boots or elastic bands on gloves and different type of garments should get wiped down with scent free wipes or dusted with activated carbon. So do you like this podcast so far? If you do, I invite you to subscribe and leave a review and maybe share this with a buddy who may benefit. That really helps our podcast grow and is greatly appreciated. Also, do you know your Dear IQ? Do you think you're Dear Smart? Why don't we take our Dear IQ test and find out? It's fun and easy and is linked below. Check it out. And are you a public land hunter? We have a free pressured public lands hunting guide with eight new approaches to beat the crowds and find success from experts we interviewed here, I interviewed very recently, and those are all included. Check it out, also link below. Okay, and now back to the no scent regimen. Vehicles should also be treated. Ozone the vehicle to remove odors and if needed several times throughout the season. Never eat any odorous or greasy foods in the vehicle, like hamburgers, pizza, fries, as these tend to leave strong fatty scent molecules. Also consider not drinking smelly drinks, like coffee, in the vehicle. If I have to stop for gas, I will wear disposable gloves when handling the fuel nozzle and gas cap and throw them away when I'm done. Again, being meticulous and not allowing any contact with odor molecules is important. I keep these gloves in the truck. Also, some gas stations actually have them, along with scent-free wipes for if I need to wash my hands. This is a bit extreme for some, but worthwhile. If traveling, take a pocket-sized bottle of unscented soap for washing your hands in a gas station or restaurant, as the soaps in these places usually reek like ocean breezes or lavender meadows. When it comes to gear such as weapons, stands, climbing sticks, rattling antlers, hooks, and anything else, this should be washed to remove scents or wiped down with scent-free wet wipes. Surfaces like metal or plastic don't hold odors as well as fabric does, but they still can, so be sure to not overlook this equipment, especially those that may be ground level with the deer. Like a bottom climbing stick, a deer could smell. Your diet needs to be analyzed as well. Since your body creates organic odor molecules, what you eat literally becomes what you emit or smell like. This should really make us think about what we are eating and make a fairly strict diet that we can keep at least two weeks before season and will adhere to throughout the entire season. This is where you need to know your own body and what can affect you, aka give you gas, a nasty organic molecule that will not only scare deer, but clear out any deer camp pretty quickly too. I personally am lactose intolerant, so I am very strict on staying away from any chocolate or dairy products. Raw veggies can also be a problem, so beware there. And also consider what your body exudes out through your pores. Foods like onions, garlic, and curry-based dishes need to be eliminated at all costs. 
as this scent literally pours from your pores. During the hunt, those scent-free baby wipes I mentioned earlier are cheap and can be found at stores like Walmart. No need to buy name brand ones in the hunting aisle. Before hitting the woods, I wipe down hair, expose skin, and these no-scent wet wipes work great. This is especially helpful if you cannot take a shower beforehand, which I suggest, and of course, always with scent-free soap. I will also use the wet wipes once I get to my stand when I've walked in if I feel I have sweat or as an extra precaution. The face, neck, hair, hands, and armpits are key areas to hit and wipe down. Take them in your backpack in a Ziploc and put them back into it when you're done. Something to remember is that deer can smell both airborne odors and also those left by contact. Our bodies are also generating odors continuously, which is another problem to be solved. By doing the above, you're going to help in a big way as the clothing now infused with ozone tends to retain this and continues to destroy new scent molecules your body makes for a time. To eliminate odors left by contact, carefully prune your approach and exits so only your feet touch anything as you walk. Wear rubber boots, not leather or other fabric-based boots, which can absorb and remit scents, causing you to leave a literal trail of stench. If you cannot prune a clear path, avoid touching trees, branches, anything as much as possible with your hands or even brushing it with your clothes. Every chance I can, when it's above 40 degrees or so, I will wear rubber hip boots. These keep my scent I have on my clothes or that my body is generating off grasses and brush that deer could smell. This practice contains scent my body makes and emits from my skin within the boots and keeps much of my clothing from touching anything, both going in and coming out of my hunting location. I've had many instances where deer travel an exact path I took through waist-high grasses and have no idea I even traveled it. Now about activated carbon. Carbon is an interesting element since it easily bonds to itself and other elements and makes up all living things, also called organic chemistry. When living things are reduced, what is left is basically the carbon. Its raw form is charcoal. It naturally attracts other organic molecules to its slightly polar surface, which is called adsorption, not absorption. And it's basically a weak bond, also known as van der Waals forces or London dispersion forces. Carbon has long been used as a filtering agent for water and air. Charcoal is used along with activated carbon in biospills and environmental hazard sites to remove dangerous organic chemicals. Activated carbon is just regular charcoal or organic material that has been heat treated to gain extra pore and absorption space for grabbing organic molecules like scent molecules. Eight grams of this has enough pore space to cover one square acre. These tend to attract odor molecules which adhere to its surface. The basis for scent lock and similar garments. I do use a scent lock mask to eliminate where most human odors occur, your head, but not other garments, though science would support using them. I also use activated carbon in a different way. Granular Activated carbon can be bought online and in pet stores as it is used in fish tank filters. I take this and put it in pantyhose bought at the department store for mere pennies. These scent vacuums can then be put in storage totes to suck up any extra odors on your clothes. Or my favorite, in boots. When boots start to get stinky, putting one of these inside and giving it a little shake immediately removes all odors. Also, you can spot dust clothes like the brim of your hat or armpits of clothes you suspect have accumulated some odors during a hunt. 
Just be careful of the dust, which is the same dust that causes black lung in coal miners. You don't want to inhale it. With this regimen, I regularly get deer downwind or crossing my back trail that do not scent me. When I make a mistake, however, they let me know. I'm convinced through years of data and observations that paying strict attention to these details gives an added advantage that leads to shots instead of busted hunts. I'm sure I'll continue to make progress on my system, but the basic idea is being meticulous about any scent that could accumulate on your body or gear, having a system to eliminate it, and keeping contact scents off anything a deer could smell at ground level. Here's one example of many where this regimen, I believe, have helped me tag a good buck where if I didn't use it, I probably wouldn't have. This year I shot my biggest Michigan buck to date, over 30 years of hunting in Michigan, on pressured public land. In a high deer density and hunter density area as well, one has to be very careful of scent. Deer are on extra high alert, and with many of them typically around, you have to remain undetected by all their noses, which is not easy. I'll tell the full version in a later episode of my hunt and break it down, but a key component was my strict scent control regimen. At one point, about four deer got directly downwind of me and were nosing the air for several minutes. About a dozen other deer were in the field at this point with them, and if these deer would have blown, it would have signaled for the others to exit the field. They did not and returned to their feeding, which gave the other deer the all clear and it was safe. And in all total, there were 35 plus deer and 12 plus bucks that entered the field this night. In addition, the buck I shot, estimated at four years, was with a subordinate buck. He allowed this buck to come downwind of my tree to check a scrape. And when that buck did not wind me, I was only nine feet up and he was directly downwind of me, he then thought it was safe to approach. My 25 yard perfect double lung hit sent him to the ground about 30 yards later. Without a strict scent control regimen, this wouldn't have happened, I'm fairly sure. It truly can be a game changer. Okay, and now your high IQ takeaways and challenges. Analyze your scent regimen and list out weaknesses and where you can fortify and strengthen your regimen. What are the two biggest things you could change to decrease your scent impact and how will you implement them? And consider sharing this with a buddy who stinks or who may benefit from this podcast. And if you really take deer hunting seriously, get our free Deer IQ journal and follow along with our podcast to be a greater hunter here or on our YouTube channel in the video form. And I'll see you on the next Deer IQ podcast.